future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Get ready to talk some baseball. Welcome to the King's Corner Talking Baseball with Jim Layritz. From spring training to the World Series and beyond to the postseason, Jim and his guests tell it like it is and have all of the bases covered. Now, here's Jim Layritz. Good day, everybody. This is Jim Layritz, of course, and you have it in the King's Corner, and we are talking baseball. And since last week, boy, what has happened? We have the playoffs going on. We have the NLCS, the ALCS. Lots of crazy things happening. And uh, we will, the second half of this show, we will be talking with Harold Reynolds from the Major League Baseball Network, of course, the lead anchor. And he'll update us on everything going on playoff-wise, give us his predictions, tell us what, what, he's, been, what he's been seeing, and, of course, what uh, some of the questions that maybe you might have for him coming up the second half uh, of this show. And... Uh, we will want you to call in at one eight eight three four six nine one four four with your questions, or you can go to info at jimlayers.com, and we will try to get Harold some of those questions if you want to ask some things about the playoffs. But as we did last week, we spoke to Jeffrey Lyons, our Boston Red Sox fan, and we found a little bit of the things that were going on with the Red Sox and, of course, the changes. And since then, what has happened in just a week some crazy things going on. Of course, the, the general manager leaving, the new manager going to be named pretty soon. And, of course, now we have players, players like Big Poppy talking about jumping ship and heading over to the evil empire, the Yankees. So we have a lot of things going on. Pretty soon we're going to have Ian Brown from MLB.com, site reporter for the Boston Red Sox, join us and tell us exactly what's going on there uh, as far as uh, a little more detail of of, of just what's going on, of course, because we found out that, yes, that the deal is in place for Theo to leave, but there are some minute details that they have to go over. So all these kind of things that are happening, and one of the things that I find very interesting, very interesting is, you know, when I was playing, uh, there was kind of a moratorium on being able to talk about leap managers leaving and general managers leaving and team-making moves until the playoffs and World Series were over with. But you know what? I think times have changed because there is a lot happening. And uh, we will be covering all that uh, today uh, th- throughout the show. And, of course, uh, like I said, the playoffs and, and the playoff picture we'll be covering a little bit later. But, again, call in at one eight eight three four six nine one four four, or you can, go, you can email in at info at jimlayrich.com with all your questions and everything that's happening. So I look forward to doing that. And, of course, um, like I said before, we, we do have Ian Brown with MLB.com, uh, going to be joining us here in just a second. So, uh, 
give me those questions. Give me those. Give me those. You know, call, call in. Let me know what you want to hear, uh, because I have my questions. But the one thing I said last week, you know, the last, the first show was last week. The one thing I said last week is I want to hear from you. I have my opinions. I've been in the arena. I've done it before. I want to hear some of your questions, from some of the things that you ask and you want to know. Uh, every week, every week on Friday, during the week, I will look at emails. I will look at things that you want to ask. And if I decide, I'm, I'm gonna, I may start doing this. I may pick one email each week. And in your email, leave your return phone number. Because if I use your question or if there's a question you want to ask or a special guest that you want me to put on the show or see if I can get them because, like I said last week, I have some access to, to a lot of people that I can get on the show. Uh, put it in your emails. Let me know. Let me hear it because I want to please you. I want, I want to get the people that you want to hear from. And uh, it doesn't have to be Yankees. It doesn't have to be just Red Sox. It could be everything else. I told you I'm on the West Coast now where uh, I've got all kinds of things happening here with the Angels and, of course, the disarray of the Dodgers and uh, a lot of those things going on. But uh, you know, we'll, we'll be talking about all those things. So send those emails, and uh, let, let's see what we can do. So, um, all right, we do not have Ian yet, but uh, we'll be, we will be getting Ian here soon uh, to talk about, of course, like I said, the Boston Red Sox, all kinds of things happening there. Um, you know, so the deal seems to be done, uh, but at the same time, it, it has not been completed yet. So uh, we will wait to, till we have Ian on the line, and we'll discuss some of those things. So uh, in the meantime, let's talk a little bit about what's coming up the second half. The second half, we will be talking about the playoffs. We will be talking, of course, about the, uh, the Milwaukee Brewers and the Cardinals playing tonight, Game 5, uh, and those matchups. Um, after last night, Randy Wolf, of course, keeping – uh, the series even uh, by by pitching, of course, a much better game than he did in the in the NLDS against Arizona. So uh, a lot of good things happening, and we will talk about that. Like I said before, with Harold Reynolds, and um, also discuss about you know it is an off day for the ALCS. They are traveling to Texas, and of course, Detroit last night with Verlander and Phil Coke saved their season and pushed it for one more game. Um, lots of interesting things to talk about there in that series, of course. Uh, Jim Leyland pushing all the right buttons for some reason and uh, making, making predictions that he held strong to that I'm sure a lot of us out there were looking at the TV going, when is he going to make that move? When's he gonna... I know he said he's going to keep Phil Coke in the game, but I think a lot of us wondered, is he going to take out and bring in, but it was funny because I was watching the game and I saw Brad Penny warming up, and I was looking at it and I said, you know what, Brad Penny. It kind of reminds me of the situation that if if they had to use him, then they pretty much knew their season was over. Kind of reminded me of uh, Jeff Weaver when he was with the Yankees in 2003, and and Joe Torre put him in that extra inning game, and of course gave up the big home run to Alex Gonzalez uh, to lose that game. So I think Jim Leland may have been uh, a little weary of bringing in Bad Penny in that particular situation, and why he stayed with Phil Coke, and of course it worked out. So once again, we'll be talking about all that coming up in the second half, and uh, I'm looking forward to it because Harold and I used to work together and. Uh, did a lot of playoffs and World Series games together, and uh, he's a guy that uh, has a lot of insight and can and can really really tell us what what the game's all about. So, um, well, we're gonna wait on Ian because I have all kinds of questions for him. I want to know. I want to know. I want to know who is going to be the GM, the new GM. I want to know who the manager's going to be. I want to know 
what is happening with all of this chaos in the clubhouse? What are the answers? What are, I mean, these are questions that, uh, that, like I said, Ian, who's been there every single day, uh, has a much better uh, grip on than I would. But at the same time, I, I do know these guys. I knew the Kevin Millars when they played. And like I mentioned, I was, I was there covering them in 2007 for the whole playoff and World Series run. So uh, I saw a lot of that stuff that when you're winning, it's okay. But when you're losing, it becomes an issue. And I think that's what we're seeing right now with the Red Sox is uh, a, lot of, a lot of those things that were happening while they were winning were kind of maybe shied away a little bit and didn't really pay much attention to it. But, of course, just like everything else in life, when you start losing or when, you're, when your, team, your, your job is not going as well, uh, those things become big issues. And uh, I think that's what we're getting with right now. But the one thing you do have to worry a little bit about is you do have a manager – that leaves who brought you two championships over the last seven years. And you have your, one of your best players who during that time uh, is now talking about jumping ship and going to the evil empire, which is of course, big poppy and big poppy did have some quotes in the paper the last few days about what's going on there in that clubhouse and how he feels maybe that uh, the way it's been run and the way things have gone over the last couple years, possibly, uh, there needs to be some changes in there, and if there isn't, that uh, he likes the way the Yankees do things. And uh, I think he was putting his little own little PR uh, move there to try to maybe maybe talk to the, to get the Yankees into bringing him possibly over. So there's going to be a ton of things happening. Uh, you know, you got to look at Theo. Like I said, we're going to look at Theo Epstein. We're going to talk a little bit about maybe some of the reasons why he chose to go to the Chicago Cubs. It may not have just been because of the fact that with the Cubs he can possibly, possibly be uh, a hero if he brings a championship to that club who's been waiting about 103 years for one, um, like he did to the Red Sox. Um, but it's also a big, big leap because when he took over that Boston Red Sox team, they were winning already. Uh, and he just kind of kind of, went along, I think, sometimes with the ride. So we'll find out about all that. I'm hoping that we hear from Ian Brown very shortly. Um, and get him on the line and talk a little bit more. And like I said, he can probably give you a lot better details. I can predict. I've been there before. I know what goes on in that clubhouse. I've, like I said, I was fortunate enough to cover them in 2007 and got to know some of these guys. Um, but I think a big part of it, too, also has to do with the fact that he lost Kevin Euclid. And I'm going to ask Ian a little bit about that because uh, I think that's, that was a big blow because that was one of the big leaders in that clubhouse and one of the guys that may have, uh, as we say, tightened the ship a little bit had he been there. So uh, these are all the questions and things that we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna find out here uh, as soon as we get Ian on the line. And um, I think uh, at this point we will uh, we'll take a little break and we'll see where we can, if we can find Ian. And we'll, we'll be back with your questions and your emails. And like I said, 1-888-346-9144 is the call-in number. Info at com. Please send your questions. We'll talk to you soon. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Jim Lairids is a two-time World Series champion, motivational speaker, and author of Catching Heat, a brutally honest book about the highs and lows of a professional athlete and life after baseball. Most people know Jim as a man who has always beaten the odds. 
Jim has never forgotten that with hard work, dedication, and God's power, one can overcome anything. Visit JimLayritz.com to get a copy of Jim's book or to schedule Jim for your next corporate fundraiser or event. The address again is JimLayritz.com. Welcome to Inside the Trenches, everyone, the interactive show that is sweeping across the nation here on Voice America Sports, simply with your host, 12-year pro football veteran, yes, of course, the voice of America, R. Cal Trula. We're bringing it to you today, starts at noon, and so does Inside the Trenches, 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, bringing you the ins and outs, letting you know what's going on in and around sports and also in and around your neck of the woods. So if you want to be on the show and you want to be a part of the show, simply go to InsideTheTrenches.com and let's make this thing happen for you the interactive show that is sweeping across the nation inside the trenches your show do you feel the need for speed whatever your addiction nascar indycar nhra formula one or even lawnmower racing pit pass usa has got you covered larry henry here host of pit pass usa i put my 30 plus years of being a motorsports broadcaster to work to bring you not only the best guests but also the most interesting guests in racing. Fit Pass USA with Larry Hedrick. Your front row seat to the world of racing. Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Channel. Be there or get a DNF. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're inside the King's Corner, talking baseball with Jim Layritz. It's time to hear from you. Call in to our live show at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. You can also send an email to info at jimlayritz.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. Hey, listen, we have, uh, being a new show, sometimes we have to work out some little glitches here. And, of course, we did speak with Ian Brown. He will be joining us in just a couple minutes. Uh, a little busy up there. I guess maybe uh, some of the stuff happening up there uh, with Theo Epstein is going down, and maybe he's a little bit busy right now. So we're going to talk to him because, I believe me, I didn't want to answer the questions. I could do it. I could predict. I could say what I think, what I've read. But at the same time, I'd rather get it from someone who is in there and is listening and asking those questions uh, that sometimes we don't have the answers to. So we're going to be with him in just a minute. But, uh, yeah, you know, I was, I was really concerned about that because if I was going to have to take over this segment just by myself, I was going to have to tell you my opinion because in 2007, like I said, I covered this team. I watched them. I was with them. And, uh, you know, back in those days uh, when, they were, uh, when they were winning – um, you know, Kevin Villar, they were, they were talking about how, how funny it was they were doing shots and they were doing these things before the game and, and things like that and how, you know, oh, this was, this was great and this was an you know, opportunity they loved. Um, but, you know, like I said before, when you lose, when the team isn't winning, uh, sometimes these things become an issue, and I think that's kind of what we're seeing with the Red Sox right now. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get Ian to talk a little bit about some of that stuff. But, um, no, it, it's really interesting to me. I, I really want to know. I'm curious. Uh, you know, I watched that Money Movie Ball that I talked about last week, and, you know, at the end of the movie it talks about how Theo Epstein and the Red Sox used Billy Bean's theory to win two of the World Series in 2004 and 2007. And like I mentioned earlier, uh, I think he inherited pretty good team before uh before he actually stepped in there and i don't know how much his money ball tactics 
uh, really had an effect on that ball club. And we'll find that out from, like I said, for me and when he joined us. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm curious. You know, I talked to, you know, listening to some of the guys that have played for the Red Sox before, and, of course, Nomar Garcia Parra, who's been on the, the MLB network doing some stuff, uh, was went on there and talked about the same thing. We were one pitch, one pitch away from a World Series when Theo Epstein took over. So I don't know how much his uh, money ball theory and the way that they were doing things uh, actually helped at that particular time. But, uh, you know, I'm sure some of Theo's – uh, expertise did come into play over the years as far as bringing in some players. But then again, you got to look at some of the players. And I'm going to ask Ian this one and we get him on there. What about guys like Daisuke Matsusaka? What about guys like John Lackey? What about Carl Crawford's contract? Are these all things that maybe Theo got into and realized, wait a minute, these weren't such great moves and these are going to hurt this ball club for a couple of years. Uh, maybe it's time for me to jump ship and, and, and go somewhere else. And, you know, the job you take with the Cubs what do you what do you lose what do you lose you know what they 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 are the lovable losers uh and uh you know possibly this would, this could be the reason why uh why Theo's moving on but i think like i said with ian being there day in and day out um he's got a little better idea of uh of, of the fine points of what goes on in that clubhouse and what goes on in the field there so uh i have some of those questions waiting for him so we will get to that uh in briefly um and like I said before, the second half of the show, please send some emails in, send some phone calls in. We got Harold Reynolds, and uh, here's a guy that uh, is covering everything, the playoffs, you know, all the moves in the postseason. Here's a guy that is knowledgeable on just about everything going on with baseball, and uh, I'm sure he would enjoy a couple questions from some people that uh, that I may not have for him because, uh, like I said before, I'm, I'm, I'm a player who's been in the arena. I know some of the things that are going on, but at the same time, I don't know what you, the fan out there, wants to ask, what, what you're questioning and what you want uh, to hear. So send those in so I can hear from you, and uh, you know, we will talk about that. We'll talk about everything. Delman Young, five home runs in the postseason, guy that was, was almost left off the roster this round. We'll talk about, uh, of course, Nelson Cruz, his, his, his great playoffs, uh, and of course, if the Texas Rangers win, probably MVP. Uh, we'll cover the other series also that's tied up 2-2, um, you know, with uh, you know, Zach Grinke and, and Garcia going tonight uh, to see who, 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 who takes the series lead. Uh, and um, and we'll, we'll discuss all those things. We'll, we'll, we'll talk also, a couple of things I want to ask Harold about is uh, where possibly he feels like Pujols and Fielder, the two best first basemen that are playing in this series, are going to wind up. And uh, I think he may have an interesting take on that. I've heard him talk a little bit about that. Uh, at the same time, uh, I, I have a couple interesting questions for him that I think I can put him on the spot and maybe get some good answers to. So right now, I understand we have Ian Brown, site reporter for MLB.com and the Boston Red Sox. Ian, thanks for joining us. Hey, Jim. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Uh I, a little better than the Red Sox are doing right now, I, I, I can imagine. Yeah, things have been uh, pretty chaotic up here, Jim. I know you, you played for the Red Sox in 98, so you got a little taste of the chaos <laughs> that can go on up here when, when things aren't going well or when things are, are a little crazy. But you know, right now it's uh, beyond anything, anything any of us have seen really in a long time, maybe ever really, when you just you factor in this entire soap opera that's been going on here since the season ended. Well, Exactly. I mean, you know, well, first of all, let's just start from the top. Let's go, let's talk a little bit about what is going on with Theo Epstein. I mean, we know there's a contract in place, but yet he still shows up for work. So uh, can, you, can you tell us a little bit what's going on there? 
Yeah, you know, both Larry Lucchino and Theo Epstein are both lawyers, and it's always been their take that, you know, no deal is ever done until it's done. So that's why Theo was going to work, uh, you know, pretty much business as usual, because they, you know, they have a, an agreement in principle that, you know, until something's signed, and that deal's not done. So neither one of them are really assuming anything. Now, they both want to get it done, and the holdup is very simple right now. The Red Sox think that to give, you know, a general manager like Theo Epstein has accomplished what he's accomplished. They're going to give him, they're going to let him out of the last year of the contract. They need some considerable compensation from the Cubs. And from what I understand, the Cubs, you know, they, they treat their prospects, uh, you know, preciously because they're trying to rebuild their farm system, too, and they'd rather give the Red Sox a big, a big load of cash. You know, the Red Sox don't want cash. They want, they want prospects right now. And, uh, you know, that, that's what the holdup is. And, you know, the, the, neither side really has a deadline, so I think they're both trying to leverage as much as they can. I mean, the only real deadline is, you know, you've got to announce it before the World Series because if you don't announce it before the World Series, then you're going to have to wait until after the World Series to make any moves because of the embargo baseball has over these things. Yeah, you know, let me ask you a question on that particular situation because there is not a manager in place for the Red Sox. You are probably going to have to wait and see who the new general manager is before they name that, Correct. Yeah, I mean, they're pretty much, I mean, I'm sure they're doing their due diligence. They're, uh, you know, they're getting their, their list of uh, background and all these guys, but they haven't contacted anyone for an interview yet. And I think they don't, they don't think that's appropriate to do that until they get this Epstein situation resolved. So I would think, Jim, you know, the next three, four days, by early next week at the latest, this situation is going to be resolved one way or the other. You know, whether Theo comes back, whether Theo goes to the Cubs, whether Theo doesn't work for anybody, in 2012, you know, I really have a hard time thinking Theo can come back to the Red Sox now after kind of being very open about the fact that he wanted to leave uh, for the Cubs. So it's going to be interesting to see how this transpires. But, yeah, they're going, to put, they're going to go full speed ahead on that manager search once they get this settled. I mean, in 2003, that winter, when they hired Terry Franco, they didn't hire him until right before the winter meeting. So they don't necessarily feel that, you know, unless they have a manager in place, you know, and pitchers when they roll the ball out for pitchers and catchers, you know, a little bit before that, they're fine. They don't they don't really think they need a, a manager in October. Yeah, you know, I just saw the movie Moneyball, and I talked about it last week. How at the end of the movie they talk about how, you know, Theo Epstein used some of these Moneyball theories to make the Red Sox a champion in 2004, 2007, and you know, like you said before, I've been there before. I played with Nomar, and I heard Nomar on the TV the other day say, "Listen, we were one strike away." one strike away from being in the World Series before Theo Epstein took over. How much do you tell me? And you've been there every day. You've seen what's going on. How much has Theo Epstein meant to the Boston Red Sox? And did he just inherit a good team? Well, I think, Jim, in 2004, really, you look at that team, and a lot of, the team, that, a lot of that team was put together by uh, Dan Duquette. I mean, Dan Duquette was the one who got Pedro Martinez. Uh, he was the one who got Jason Baratek. He was the one who got Derek Lowe. He was the one who got Manny Ramirez. A lot of that team uh, was Dan Duquette, but at the same time, you got to give Theo credit for he went out and got Kurt Schilling. He went out and got Keith Folk. Uh, he, I think, he kind of improved the uh, the cult, the culture of the uh, clubhouse by bringing in guys like Kevin Millar and uh, you know guys like that. So I think he deserves a little credit for that 04, but that was kind of split. The credit for that was split. Now, we're, really, where Theo made his mark, I thought, was that 07 championship. Because if you look at Jacoby Ellsbury, you look at uh, Dustin Bedroy, you look at Jonathan Papelbon, you look at John Lester. You know, a lot of those guys were guys who were um, drafted and developed under Theo Epstein. That was his, his mantra when he took over as GM of the team. He said, well, we're going to turn this into a, a scouting and player development machine. You know, that was his famous quote from his first press conference. And he backed that up, Jim. And, that, and they, 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 they got the fruit from that in that 07 title. Now, what's happened here in the last couple of years, I think, is that farm system has hit a little bit of a snag. So maybe, uh, you know, Theo's, Theo and his guys made some good moves, but maybe... 
you know, they're, they're not geniuses. They're, not, you know, they're human beings, too. So you know, they, they haven't had anybody to be able to call up from the upper minors really since, uh, since Daniel Bard and, and, to, and Justin Masterson back in uh, 2008 and 2009. Right. Yeah, well, that's a, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, you know, that's the one thing that I wondered. You know, and we talked about Terry Francona when he left. He talked about the fact that he felt like he was losing the clubhouse a little bit. And, you know, just recently, Ian, we've heard some of the comments about guys being up in the clubhouse drinking beers. And, I, yeah, I, you know, as a former player myself, I know that stuff goes on all the time. And the fans and the media, of course, make it a bigger deal than, than what it really is. But one of the things I was talking about earlier before I had you on was the fact that when those things are going on and you win, it's one thing. But those right, things going yeah. on, you're losing. It becomes an issue. Tell me a little bit about you know you, you you've heard some of these things. Tell me what you're hearing. Yeah, I mean you make a great point, Jim. Because back in 2004, when Kevin Millar was all too proud to announce that the Red Sox um, did uh, to- symbolic toast of Jack Daniels before you know each of their final six playoff games that year and that historic run they made, you know everybody thought it was the greatest thing in the world. Fans thought, wow, we can relate to these guys. <laughs> They're just down there with regular guys now. They have the biggest collapse in, in, in baseball history in the month of September, and they're, they're a bunch of frat house slobs, you know, so it's just a lot of, uh, a lot of public perception. Now, some of the stuff went on, and I think the biggest thing, Jim, is not the beer or anything like that. It's just that, you know, can each starting pitcher on this team look, look at himself in the mirror and say, I did the best job humanly possible to keep myself in the best possible shape to help this team win a championship this year? You know, do you think, I, I don't think that all five of those their projected starting pitchers going into the year, the guys they counted on to look in the mirror and say that this year. And I think that is the biggest indictment. Not, you know, whether they might have had a beer, if they got bored during one of those five-hour Red Sox-Yankees games or something like that. But I think, you know, did they let themselves go a little bit? And that seems to be, you know, that we heard about that even before the, uh, the stuff about the beer, where I think Buster only reported that back in you know, early September, really, that there was, there was great concern within the Red Sox organization about the team's conditioning. So that, that's something that they really have to look at. All right. So basically, we, you know, we, we, you say, like you said, we've got a lot of unquestioned, a lot of unanswered questions. You think probably over the next four or five days before the World Series gets started, the, the deal may get done for Theo. Uh, but then, of course, there's going to be a, quite a few more things happening um, you know, as far as the player personnel, of course, of course, we you know. We, we, I'd like to have more time with you. Unfortunately, we got cut a little short. I want to talk about Big Poppy's comments and some of the things that went on there, uh, and how you think that's reacting. But uh, I appreciate you joining us. We're going to try to hopefully get you back on here when some of these things get a little bit more solidified, and we can discuss uh, who the possible new managers are going to be and uh, and some of the personnel changes that may be made. So, Ian, I appreciate you joining me. Uh, like I said, sorry we got cut short, but uh, we'll do this again sometime. Sounds good, Jim. Anytime you need me, just give me a call. All right, Ian. You have a good day. All right, buddy? You too. All right, guys. That was Ian Brown, site reporter for MLB.com and the Boston Red Sox. Uh, like I said, unfortunately, we didn't get to ask him all the questions we wanted to. We were cut a little short. But we will be back in just a minute with Harold Reynolds from MLB Network, and we will be discussing the most important thing right now, the playoffs, and what's going on there. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Jim Lairids is a two-time World Series champion, motivational speaker, and author of Catching Heat, a brutally honest book about the highs and lows of a professional athlete and life after baseball. Most people know Jim as a man who has always beaten the odds. 
Jim has never forgotten that with hard work, dedication, and God's power, one can overcome anything. Visit JimLayritz.com to get a copy of Jim's book or to schedule Jim for your next corporate fundraiser or event. The address again is JimLayritz.com. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're inside the King's Corner, talking baseball with Jim Layritz. It's time to hear from you. Call in to our live show at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. You can also send an email to info at jimlayritz.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. And, of course, that was Ian Brown from the Boston Red Sox MLB.com site reporter talking about all of the craziness happening there in, in, in Boston right now. But on the line now we have Harold Reynolds of MLB Network, the lead anchor there, and, of course, a great baseball mind. And we are going to be talking about what is happening now, the playoffs, the ALCS, the NLCS, and Harold is going to give us all of his insight, of course, this is somebody that's been covering this sport from day one who can tell us just about everything. Harold, welcome to the show. What's up, Big Jim? Doing I'm good, doing man. all right, man. Doing? I understand that you uh, you got the little ones right now that you're babysitting. You're your only time off, of course, as a father. We have to come home and take care of those kids, correct? Yeah, you know it. I'm just hoping they'll start screaming in the background, but it's all good. All right, all right. Well, let's talk about first because what's going to be happening tonight, of course. We have Game 5 tonight of course, with Milwaukee and St. Louis. That series tied 2-2. Two to two. And Talk a little bit about what you've seen so far in this series and, and what we can expect from Grinke and Garcia tonight and, 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 and what you think, uh, the, the, way, you know, the way the momentum keeps shifting in this series, where do you think it is right now? Well, you nailed it. You know, the momentum keeps changing. I think the strategies, too. You know, the managers have played such a big role. I mean, anytime. Tony La Russa's in anything, he's going to be the center of it. But the moves he's made, you know, I'll bring in Dotel in the fourth or I'll go to Salas, who was my closer, and I'll bring my – I mean, he, it doesn't matter. They're all just uh, role players. So how he's been able to shut guys down with his pitching. Uh, and then on the other side, uh, Renicky, you know, all of a sudden Mark Kotze shows up and he becomes the, the guy for them. So uh, watching the managers has been real cool. Uh, I thought – for a while there, it's going to come down to I'm not going to pitch to, pitch to Prince. I'm not pitching to Albert Pujols. It's going to be Ricky Wicks and Holiday. A lot of stuff like that. That's, I think, why we have an even, even series right now. Right, and we're talking about, yeah, you talked about you know, the, big, the big names in the series, of course. But right now, with Milwaukee especially, you know, we're talking about two guys right now between Jerry Harrison and, and Betancourt that have really come through for this ball club. And you mentioned Kotze doing the little things to help the team win, but at the same time, tell me a little bit about what you've seen with Harrison and uh, Harrison and, and Betancourt. Well, the biggest thing with Betancourt, I think people didn't realize uh, how good a player this kid is. So on the grand stage, um, he's doing it. He's had a little power, but he catches everything at short. Um, I remember back in Seattle uh, when they traded him off to Kansas City, and Milwaukee picked him up and just felt like they had a good player. He's still a young guy. Uh, Jerry Harrison, Jerry's been... I remember getting a phone call from him around trade deadline going, man, Milwaukee's where I need to be. They need a guy like me. I can play <laughs> everywhere. And uh, he's really 
stepped up uh, for him to be playing third right now. And McGee on the bench just tells you how well Jerry's been playing. So you know, Jim, you've been in these series. Uh, it always comes down to the, to the unsuspected. That's how you became the big hero because I didn't think you were going to be the guy. And they challenged you, and boom, we're talking about the king of swing, <laughs> you know. So that's how it happens in the playoffs. It's always the guy that uh, nobody uh, – thinks a lot about, but is a really good player that ends up stepping up when he gets an opportunity. Now, Harry, one of the things I've been watching mostly in these series, too, is just when you come down to it, you know, we, we know starting pitching is important, we know defense is important, but really, when you get down to it, it's the bullpens. And the way Tony LaRusso has used his bullpen, of course, we always know Tony's a great manager and is one of the best at doing that. But I'm, I'm looking at the Milwaukee bullpen, and I'm looking at you know Frankie Rodriguez, and I'm looking at, at uh, Axford. Tell me a little bit about what you've seen, because we don't see the Milwaukee Brewers play that much. We don't hear much about these guys. I've been really, really impressed with their bullpen. Uh, they've done a great job of building it. I mean, when you, when you get K-Rod to come over there and, and let him go the ace, uh, Axford's a guy... You know, he's throwing in the high 90s and 100. He's able to do that. But LaTroy Hawkins has been a big piece for them down there as well. So they've shortened the ball game. You know, if you can get to the sixth or the seventh and be able to go those three guys the rest of the way, that's been their pattern down the stretch. And uh, they've been very tough. So uh, that's a good club. And actually the starting pitching has been pretty good. I think the story uh, today's game, or in game five, I should say, is going to be uh, – Zach Grinky, you know, they were trying to save him to go back to Milwaukee to pitch at home, and right. he's going to go ahead and, and throw on the road now. So I think that's that's a huge story to me because he's uh, he's 11 and 0 at home, hasn't pitched very well on the road, and uh, this is the guy that they went out in the winter and said, hey, this will be the difference maker. So tonight's a a big game for him. Right, and if they go back, you know, with, 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 no matter what happens tonight. One of the things that I, I've been watching, and you know, you're in the studio, so you're not there every day either. But you, you guys have some reporters that are there. What have you heard about as far as, you know, I remember in '95 we were playing for Don Mattingly. We wanted to get to the playoffs. We wanted to get to the next round for Don Mattingly. What do you see this team as far as? Do you, you think rallying around Prince Fielder has really been a big, big bonus for these guys? Well, I don't know about rallying around it, but he's the leader. I mean, when when they picked up Niger Morgan. Uh, they called him in the office. He said, hey, don't worry about it. I'll take care of him. You know, every time they made a move, Prince was like, go get the guy. I'll be the leader in the clubhouse. And, and he has done that. Um, they're, they're terrific. Uh, rallying around him, I'm hoping that he doesn't leave. I think it would be great for baseball. Uh, that combination of him and Ryan Braun, you just don't see that every day uh, or every year, matter of fact. They are so special and unique. They play great together. Uh, I'd love to see him stay there. So hopefully, uh, if they are rallying around him, it's working. Uh, more than anything, I hope that uh, maybe his eyes are open and, uh, you know, he's going to be getting a, a boatload of money. Hopefully it's in Milwaukee and he's able to stay there. That would be what I'd like to see. You kind of compare that situation, H, when I look at that, and I look at the, the Manny Ramirez-David Ortiz combination, and, of course, when Manny left there, it did kind of open up a big gap. Um, is, is that kind of how you see that combination? If if Prince leaves, does this really, really put Ryan Braun in a tough situation? Oh, no doubt about it. I think, you know, remember when uh, Manny was leaving, you used that as a great analogy. Right. You know, the first guy crying was David Ortiz. No, yeah. no, please, <laughs> don't go. And I think we'll have the same thing with Bronze sitting there going, come on, man, I'd be taking him to dinner every night, and I'd be deferring money, I'd be saying everything else. 
we got to keep the big fella in town because there's no doubt that he's getting a lot of pitches um, throughout the, the years because Prince is behind him. And Prince, they've been a great uh, protection combo of the two. All right, well, let's switch gears a little bit and let's go on the other side of the diamond over to the, over to the Cardinals, of course. And they have some questions and they have some things with Garcia going tonight. And I think Garcia's like something like 0-2 in the postseason so far with a 7-something ERA. What have you seen from him, and do you think this is a guy that can step up tonight and, and, and give them the advantage? Well, his last outing was really good. I mean, outside of the Ben Francisco, you know, pitch hit, pinch hit, three-run homer for the Phillies, he shut them down. Uh, you know, and then uh, obviously Braun got him in Milwaukee last time, but Garcia's been a guy that's pitched really good in uh, St. Louis. I'm trying to figure out. You saw Randy Wolf pitch great in St. Louis. He's got great numbers. Garcia's done the same thing. I'm wondering if there's something in the background there with left-handed pitchers because yeah. guys have really pitched well in against the left-hander, and they've, they've pitched well as left-handers in that ballpark. Yeah, yeah, that's a good that's a good question. It could be something like like Boston when you had a lefty pitch, you couldn't pick certain things up. Uh, yeah, that could that could be part of it. Yeah, yeah, very well could be. Very well. Okay, let's, talk, be. Let's, let's talk a little bit about, of course, you know, Tony LaRusso. We know is one of the best managers uh, in, in the game, and of course, never gets caught off guard or things like that too often. But what he's going done, what he's done this postseason, and, and, and the way he's used these players, uh, we're going to try to get. We just lost Harold for there for a second. We will try to get him right back. Uh, hey, I'm going to start asking him a couple questions, just a little bit about what uh, Tony LaRusso has done with this ball club as far as making certain moves. You know, David, the David Free situation, uh, putting, you know, th- uh, making just some, making some changes, and and what's going on. Lance Berkman uh, not playing yesterday, even though he was having a pretty good series. Uh, these are some of the things I want to ask Harold. What he, how he feels about uh, what what Tony has done, and of course the bullpen, the way he's been using him, and um, and what you know, you get guys in that bullpen that have been there, the veterans like guys like Arthur Rhodes who comes in last night and. Uh, despite giving up the, the one thing, he he did he did get the big out uh, against uh, a fielder, I believe it was. But um, just certain things that when we when we look at a game and we try to study it, uh, sometimes you go by the book, which is Tony LaRusso's biggest thing. But sometimes you also go with the experience that you've been there before, you've done this, and you make some gut reactions. And I think Tony's done that a couple times. And uh, you know, I want to ask Carol a little bit about some of those moves. Also, uh, what, what do you think about Pujols? You know, I just asked him about Prince Fielder and, and his situation in Boston, and of course, Larus's Larus's uh, job is up this year, and so is Pujols, and how he thinks and what he thinks about as far as maybe the possibility of how are Pujols changing addresses uh, and how that could possibly go. So, uh, hopefully, we'll get Harold back here in just a second and uh, can continue on with him, but. Uh, why don't we go ahead and we'll just take a quick break and we'll see if we cannot get him back on the line. And if not, we come back, we'll, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about this game and, of course, the other series that is on, has an off day today and is heading back to Texas. So I will be right back with you in just a minute. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
Jim Lahrens is a two-time World Series champion, motivational speaker, and author of Catching Heat, a brutally honest book about the highs and lows of a professional athlete and life after baseball. Most people know Jim as a man who has always beaten the odds. Jim has never forgotten that with hard work, dedication, and God's power, one can overcome anything. Visit JimLayritz.com to get a copy of Jim's book or to schedule Jim for your next corporate fundraiser or event. The address again is JimLayritz.com. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's a tough shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're inside the King's Corner, talking baseball with Jim Lairitz. It's time to hear from you. Call in to our live show at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. You can also send an email to info at jimlayritz.com. Now, back to the show. All right, welcome back. We are in a waiting mode right now. I mentioned earlier that Harold was babysitting, and of course we know how that goes sometimes where we have to take care of the kid first and get him quiet before we can go back to doing what we were doing. So he will be joining us again here hopefully in just a few minutes and uh, be able to talk just a, a, a brief quickly just about the pools and some, some of the situations I was talking about, but also talk a little bit about the other series, the other series that could be at the detective. Saturday night could be the deciding game, uh, and if it is, of course, just what this means to the Texas Rangers and, and, and what they are doing and the possibility of this to be their second year going back to the World Series. And is this team the beginning of a dynasty? Does this team, is it going to be the dominant force in the AL West for the next few years? And, uh, you know, the way things are looking for them and what they're going through and uh, the team they've put together uh, – yeah, you know, we'll, we'll find out from Harold how he thinks and what if, if this team does get that one last victory, um, where he thinks they're going to wind up. And uh, you know, it's been it's been a great postseason for me being able to watch these teams. It's like like Harold and I were talking about a little earlier. Just you know, four teams that you just don't know. Someone's going to step up. Someone that we don't expect. You know, we know the big names. You know, the Hamiltons, the the Pujolses, uh but it's the guys that we don't know about, the guys that we don't count on. And I, mean, I can guarantee you, as much as Jim Leland has predicted a lot of great things, he did not predict that Delman Young would come back. And after not getting a hit, hit two home runs in this last game, with a torn or possibly pulled ribcage muscle. Uh, these are certain things that we, we, we look back on in history and look back and say, wow, 
you know, we never saw that coming, or, or you know, where did that come from? Um, you know, it's, it's, it's usually, you know, it doesn't surprise us when the big names do it, but it's the, it's the little names that, that come through. And, of course, it's the bullpens, too. Some of these guys that haven't pitched that much, uh, not the closer, you know, not the, not the big-name closer, but the, the little guy that comes in and does the job and, uh, you know, all those type of things that are going on. So uh, when Harold gets with us again, we will, we will talk about that. But um, while I'm waiting for that, I will finish off a little bit about what I think. My predictions, and of course my predictions, I believe that tonight, even though Zach Greinke is better in Milwaukee, I think I give him the advantage tonight. I think the uh, the Milwaukee Brewers take a three-two lead going in uh, tonight in this series. I just I just like the way Greinke is, is going to be challenged right now to uh, to step up and and to carry this club like he has all year. And even though he's on the road, um, you know. I think he's got a chance, but you know, we'll wait and see. You know, we'll see if Harold's uh, Harold's little idea of possibly that left-handers are tougher to pick up in this ballpark uh, comes true tonight too with Garcia on the mound. So uh, Garcia, who's a guy who has been kind of unpredictable, um, may go out there and do just what Randy Wolf did. You know, go out there and pitch a pitch a good game and, and, and give his team a possibly a three-two lead before they go on the road again uh, to Milwaukee to try to wrap this thing up. So. A lot of interesting questions, a lot of things could be happening, and that's the beauty of the postseason. The postseason, you never, never know. And that's why I, always, I talked about it last week, and I talked about seeing the money movie ball. You know what, all those numbers, all those statistics, all those things that they keep, that's great over a 162-game period, and you can kind of figure things out, how things even out. I mean, if Derek Jeter's hitting 190 in June, yeah, he'll probably wind up hitting 280, 300. That's predictable. But what's not predictable is the postseason. Because what you don't take into consideration is the intensity. As a player who's been there, as a player who sat on that bench and watched guys who were some of our best players during the season crumble under the pressure, crumble under the at-bat that could, have, could change the game or go out there on the mound and, and just not be able to just freeze almost. Uh, but then there's the other side, the other side of the – the, the guy that comes in and who hasn't been counted on all year, who doesn't feel that pressure because he's the guy, uh, just to step in there and say, listen, this is my chance, this is my opportunity, and takes advantage of it. And I think that's what we're seeing in this postseason. We're seeing you know, guys like, you know, you, you, look at, you look at the lineup, and I'm going to go back to the, and I know I'm jumping around here a lot, but I'm going back to the Texas Rangers, and you look at the lineup. And Nelson Cruz has set a record an ALCS record of five home runs. First time ever. And he's hitting in the number seven spot. All right? This is not your three, four, five hitter. This is your number seven hitter doing this kind of damage. And it just, to me, it just goes to show just how strong of a lineup that this Texas Ranger team have. And I know we always talk about, you know, defense and, and pitching is what gets you into the postseason and what gets you going. At the same time, uh, when you're a little more careful with those four, five, and six guys, those guys that can beat you, uh, sometimes you forget about those guys at the end of the order who step up at this time and, and really come through. So going to be interesting to see what happens. Like I said before, I, I, I look at the NLCS, and I see this series possibly going seven games. Uh, I see the fact that despite what might happen tonight, 
Um, it's going to be a 3-2 lead for either one of these teams going back to Milwaukee. If Milwaukee does lose this game, which I'm predicting they're not, uh, being home, they can take the next two games because they're in a little bit better surroundings and they've been such a great team at home this year. And then, uh, you know, and if, if St. Louis doesn't win, if St. Louis doesn't win tonight, um, or I'm sorry, if St. Louis does win tonight, they just need one or two. And you just never know what happens in that type of situation. But uh, this is going to be an interesting matchup. Uh, And, uh, of course, like I said before, if it comes down to the bullpens, I give Milwaukee the opportunity. I think Milwaukee is going to be the team that uh, has a better chance. Um, But uh, we'll see what happens. That's That's the beauty of it. We have to sit and watch. We can't predict it. We can talk all we want about it, but we have to go out and play the game on the field, and uh, and we'll see what happens there tonight. And, of course, the off day for the ALCS, the travel day, uh, giving the Detroit Tigers bullpen a much-needed rest. Last night, of course, Verlander and Phil Koch, which is, was amazing that actually Jim – Jim Leland predicted he's just going with these two pitchers. And like I mentioned earlier, we're just going, when's he going to go to the right-hander? But, of course, you're not going to go with Brad Penny in that situation. Uh, you're going to take your chances with Phil Koch. And he did, and he came out on top. And now we have an extra day of rest, extra day of rest for Benoit and also for Valverde. So they're going to be ready to go. Um, and how does that change the series? How does that change uh, these next couple games that are coming up? And, uh, you know, an extra day off is Delman Young, you know, is those, are those rib cages, is that rib cage going to get sore or is it going to get better? Uh, you know, when you're playing on the adrenaline of the postseason, sometimes those things, you know, you just kind of ignore them, but you get a day off to start thinking about it and it gets a little tighter, gets a little sore. Uh, that could be, it could be a disadvantage. Um, you know, Nelson Cruz is hot. Is that, is this day off going to, going to cool him down a little bit? But I have to believe the Texas Rangers being up three to two going home feel pretty confident that they're going to take one of these next two games when they get back home and in that in that launching pad and we, we'll able to see a little more offense than we've seen so far um, and of course if, to see if Nelson Cruz can continue to add to his ALCS record of five home runs so going to be interesting to see going to be uh, that's the beauty of baseball we will be back next week to talk to you. We will have the conclusions of these things by then, and we will be able to discuss what is going on in the World Series uh, and, and, what, and, and what, what, what teams are going to be there, and we'll discuss by then what, what has happened in the first couple games. So I look forward to speaking to you next week. Next week, please, we will be having our call-ins. Please call in at one eight eight three four six nine one four four. And during the week this week, Email me at info at com. Answer me some questions. Give me something to talk about. Put it in there who you want to see on this show. Who do you want to hear from? Listen, we're here for you. We're not here for me. I want to know who you want to hear from. Send me those emails. I will be checking them all week. And if I use your email, put your number on it, we may call you. We may call you and put you on and let you ask some of these important questions. So, once again, thank you for joining Jim Layritz at the King's Corner Talking Baseball. We'll join you next week. We're safe for another week. Thanks for tuning in to the King's Corner, talking baseball with your host, Jim Layritz. We can't wait to have you come back next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a great weekend.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.